Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Man, we are flakes. If anybody doesn't know what a flake is, a flake is when you say you're going to do something and then you just don't do it. We flaked. We flaked. We were supposed to do like three chapters last night. We did two. Then we were supposed to do three. Here's our goal. Our goal is to do three in the morning, three in the afternoon, three at night. Now, I understand that people don't always reach their goals, but it's like we need to get our stuff together we have to i know we're like way behind and plus you're going to your dad's this weekend oh man we're behind okay guys well let's just get to it because honestly i think we need to do some extra because we need i don't like my dad's house i'm just saying like i know because you love this book all right girls and boys spooky season on reading to kids podcast continued do you guys like our new still do i just say Mm-hmm. Just, um, without me. No, I'm not going to do it without you. I said I'm not doing this without you. That's creepy. An adult reading to a kid. Kids that she doesn't even know. That's creepy. No way. That's creepy. Oh, come on. You have to say that's creepy. Mm-mm. It is. No, you have to be a part of this. And you know what we haven't said yet? It's spooky season. It's going to be spooky season all the way through, I think it's December 13th. Because then we do Christmas. And we're just doing 12 days of Christmas. Because we're just like spooky people. And if you guys do want to know the series that we're reading after the secret series, we are reading Goosebump books and we have all of the books. Maybe, maybe we'll release that soon. Yeah. So how about this? This weekend, we're going to release a couple of very short episodes and we're going to release one at a time, which books we're going to be reading. And then that way you guys can get them and read along and you guys can get your AR points. Right, Faye? What do you think to that? So since Peyton's not going to be here, she'll be with her dad. We'll do, try and like do an extra one or two episodes for, for, so you have one for, for Saturday and one for Sunday. And then we'll do a couple little mini, mini episodes and that will be, um, uh, just so you guys can go shopping and get, um, the goosebump books or you can go to the library and rent them and just get a little prepared sister all right or brother okay if you're reading this it's too late secret series by pseudonymous bosch book number two Peyton, you cannot lay down because you can't fall asleep we're behind okay sit up a little queen chapter 13 we're on page 241 chapter 13 summoning ghost a ghost Yo-Yoji had a mummy-style sleeping bag with a pull cord that closed at the top. He liked to burrow inside and pull the cord as tight as possible, leaving a quarter-sized circle, enough light to spy out. I could never do that because I can't breathe hot air. I have to, like, have a hole for my nose. There's these sleeping bags. They're called mummy bags or mummy sleeping bags, and it goes all the way up, and you can go like this, so it closes all the way. It's, like, for if you're sleeping in, um, if you're sleeping in, um, snow. It keeps you, like, nice and toasty. Tonight, though, he found himself tossing and turning because he was too hot. 
He loosened the cord and unzipped the side of the bag to let a little air in. Half asleep, he stuck his head out and looked around the tent. It was hard to see in the dim light, but it was possible. But was it possible the other sleeping bags were empty? Cass, Max Ernest. He whispered. Getting nervous, he patted their sleeping bags. Where were they? He forced himself to sit up and think. He knew there was something that they weren't telling him, and whatever it was, he suspected that it might be dangerous. He had, had something happened? Could they have been kidnapped or worse? Then he remembered that they'd insisted that they sleep in the back of the tent so that they could both be near the entrance. Max Ernest, I have claustrophobia. Cass, um, I pee ten times a night. Well, those are both, like, real, real legitimate reasons. He accepted... <coughs> oh, sorry, you guys. Ooh, learn how to swallow. He accepted their argument at, a, at the time, but now he realized that the reason they wanted him in the back, they'd been planning to sneak out while he was sleeping. The moon had not yet risen, but the stars were bright enough to see to see by, and Cass and Max Ernest had no trouble finding the boulder they'd picked out earlier in the evening. It was the size of a truck, and he had to take advantage of it being visible from all sides of the lake. When they climbed up to the top, they found themselves on a natural platform, roomy enough for two kids, and if all went accordingly to plan, one homunculus, to stand comfortably. Down below, they could see their campsite, and beyond the campsite, the graveyard shrouded in darkness. To the other side of the campsite was the lake, ink black, save for the occasion, twinkled of a reflected star. The lake was ringed by pine trees, the front row and natural outdoor amphitheater. Above the trees, the silvery mountains rose on all sides. It was as if Cass and Max Ernest were on stage in front of the audience of giants. Cass pulled the sound prism out of her jacket pocket. I feel like we're trying to summon a ghost, she said. They usually do that with crystals balls, not sound balls, Max Ernest pointed out. Not that, not that I believe in them. I mean ghosts. Crystal balls are like real, obviously. They just don't necessarily. Yeah, I get it. You ready? He was. Okay, here goes nothing. Cass stood on the edge of the boulder and tossed the sound prism into the air. But she was so nervous that she let go too early and it was like trying to serve a tennis ball right when the P.E. teacher is watching you. The sound prism emitted only a short whistle before she had lurched it forward and caught it to catch it. Taking a breath, she tried again, this time releasing the ball directly upwards. It climber, it climber, this, this, these books have tons of typos. This is crazy. It climbed it says it climber higher it climbed higher than it had before playing its haunting tune under the night sky you know what's not very nice i should shut up because i'm gonna write i'm writing a children's novel and if i have typos somebody's gonna read it in a podcast and go this book has typos the sun prism ah taking a breath she tried it again okay when the ball crested it seemed for a moment to however to hover singing before falling back into Cass's hand Cass tossed it again even higher this time and the music grew more forceful echoing across the lake from the mountain to mountain until until it sounded like an entire celestial chorus was singing in harmony they listened in wonder if it's here if he's here he'll definitely hear that 
He won't even need to see us, said Max Ernest. He'll find us by echolocation, you know, like bats. I just hope my grandfathers don't hear us first, said Cass. She peered down the campsite. No movement so far. The last echoes of the sound prison died away. Then, shh, what's that, whispered Cass. There was a scrambling sound, as if they were trying to climb up the boulder. They waited until, until Yo-Yoji pulled himself on top of the boulder to join them. Whoa, he said, catching his breath. That cabbage face song, that cabbage, that cabbage face song sounded so trippy. It's kind of beautiful. They exhaled, relieved at the same time. Challenged to see him. Again, Jenna needs to go back to school. So, let me guess. This is a secret meeting. Silence. Cass and Max Ernest looked at each other. Come on, dudes. I hiked all the way up here the same as you, and now you're going to let me in? And now you're not going to let me in on the fun part? Well, Cass hesitated. You know how before you were joking about a secret society? Cass, we can't. What about the oath? Well, we never took it, did we? Besides, I'm sure Pietro would understand if it was the only way we could catch a homunculus. Max Ernest held his head in his hands. It was too late now. Yo-Yoji looked at Cass, from Cass to Max Ernest and back. What's a homunculus? Cass calmly explained to Yo-Yoji. They were there looking for a 500-year-old creature made in a bottle. Ha, good one. You should write some songs for my band. No, I'm serious, said Cass. Yo-Yoji just stared. Whoa, you're even crazier than I thought. Max Ernest, previously the naysayer, defended their sanity. Just because nobody knows about something doesn't mean it can't happen. And if you see the midnight sun, well, some of them are almost that old. It's true. If you say so, said Yo-Yoji. Clearly, Yo-Yoji clearly didn't believe them. But he seemed ready to be proved wrong. Or up for a thrill, anyways. So then what's hap- what happens now? We wait, said Cass. As she spoke, a sudden breeze whipped through the lake. For a second, all of their senses were on alert. But nothing happened. Nobody arrived. Except a chipmunk who scurried under their feet and then dove under a boulder. After that, a profound silence fell over the lake. If you've ever spent the night camping in, a, in the mountains or at the desert, you know this kind of silence. A silence of total silence that makes you think, You've never experienced silence before. A silence that makes certain kinds of people feel like they have to talk in order to fill it. People like Max Ernest. After about three or four or five, or was it only two, unbearable minutes of quiet, he pointed at the sky. Look at all the stars. I don't even think I've ever seen so many. Oh, there's Venus. Not that it's a star, it's a planet. And then the Milky Way, which is a galaxy. And so a bunch of stars. And the Big Dipper, which is a constellation in the Little Dipper, Orion's Belt, and he trailed off, overwhelmed by the sheer scope of the exercise. He picked up... Hey, he picked He picked up after a moment. Did you ever think about the fact that you're just a speck on a planet, and that's just a speck in a galaxy, and that's just a speck in a universe, and that's probably just a speck in a fingernail on some giant alien that's, bit, that's too big to even imagine? How about that? Can we just concentrate on a little... On the little alien we're waiting for, asked Cass. You know, technically he's not an alien. He's, yeah, okay, fine. And then they waited and waited, jumping every time the wind picked up or one of those, one or the other, maybe. Oh, it's the slightest movement. An hour passed. 
Okay, that was fun and all, but maybe it's time to face it. Your little homunky's not coming, said Yoyoji. Or else he came and got scared because there are so many of us, said Max Ernest, eyeing Yoyoji meanfully. Meaningfully. That's a good point, said Cass. You guys, go into the tent and I'll stay out here and keep waiting. All right, said Max Ernest, already looking in the, for the best way down. Maybe that's a good... No, it's not, said Yoyoji. We can't leave her out here alone. Why? Okay, you're right, said Max Ernest. Turn, as he turned back, shooting an annoyed glance at Yo-Yoji. We can't leave you, Cass. It's just not safe. Anything could happen. You mean like a homunculus could come? Exactly. Isn't that why we're here? Yeah, but there's some real-life scary creatures out here, too, said Yo-Yoji. Remember the bear? They waited 20 minutes or so until their teeth started to chatter. Come on, let's go, Cass. Something inside her hand had, something inside her had give, just given up. What made her think they'd find the homunculus at Whisper Lake anyways? Her dream, that was all. And a dream she'd probably only had because she'd read the article on the wall. The bear was just a bear after all. Bleak with disappointment, she took a last look around, then followed the others off the boulder, unaware that every sound that they made was heard across the lake. Ooh.